You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is I Will Make You a Millionaire, another episode helping someone reach their goal of making millions. I'm just curious, do you have any like people chatting on a with you on the chat? No, but I feel like that's okay because I still enjoyed myself. I w- today I live streamed myself trying to set up a landing page and then it wasn't working. So then I, because my computer was so slow, then I just started talking through it all. But I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to do it at least twice a week to learn. And I love it. Today's was like called like business chat where I was just talking about like business and who knows what. I think the idea of doing it twice a week is very good. I would do it consistently like on the same days each week. But Twitch streaming is interesting. Like people think, it, oh, it's just for streaming people playing games. But really, any live event can be Twitch streamed. And then it's multi purpose as well. Like, let's say you have um, interesting questions that people are asking you, those could be the topics of newsletters. The entire stream itself, you could put up as a YouTube video if it's interesting enough, or parts of it you could put up as a YouTube video or as a podcast. It's another way of building an audience, it's a different platform. Like, even when I stream stuff on Twitch, hardly get any users, but it grows each time because that's just the nature of the beast. You have to do it a lot for it. But you, you, because you have to do it a lot before it pays off, it's useful to have plan Bs. So, okay, while I'm doing it, I'll maybe get one or two questions that could be in a newsletter, or I'm going to repackage part of this as a YouTube video and so on. So there's still use for it, even if no one's on there. Yeah, I think I'm going to continue to do it where I maybe talk about like how I'm building the newsletter or talk about strategies and then take that audio and do something with it later. Yeah, perfect. So at least it has a purpose. Yeah, but I, I love it. And it's it's been such a fun thing to just force myself to do and I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to keep doing how it. How do you inform people that you're like, do you announce it on your newsletter or Twitch meeting later today? I haven't informed anyone because I'm still in like, development mode of figuring out what all the buttons are, but I'm going to start posting it on my other social media. Then I'm going to, I'll schedule it in the newsletter to say, okay, join me Wednesdays at 12. So I'm going to start promoting it, but I haven't yeah, done that. So uh, I think, I think Twitch is a really good idea. So yeah. also maybe, maybe so right, right yeah. now on coffee talk, right? On the categories, maybe you should just try yep. just chatting because just chat. So let's say, so uh, for me, like, I mean, I don't have a lot of followers, but the way I decide what game to stream is I go to Twitch first page. I see what categories has the most viewers that will stream their games. 
So like more people were inclined to watch that stream. Usually I yeah. usually do that. Okay. Like just chatting has 455 viewers. Yeah. Wow. So so if you if you do just chatting, people just go in there, people will just go through. Sometimes they just scroll through. I'm like, oh, this is interesting, and they will jump in. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch from just coffee, but I'm gonna yeah. explore just chatting a yeah. little bit more. I'm loving this. I, wait, just give me a month and I'm gonna have a whole Twitch setup. I'm gonna have the three monitors, the microphone. Like, just wait. And then, um, do you <laughs> I, Twitch, the one thing about Twitch is always confusing to me is it requires multiple platforms. Like, Jay, why, I still don't understand why people need to use Discord. So Discord, it's okay. So you have to think about Discord and Twitch, two different things. Discord, it's more for a community tools. So let's say if I have a community of a thousand people, but not, not all of them online, and maybe some of them, they like to interact with each other, but not with me. So they would just go into Discord. They would just go into their own room. They just chat in there. So the other thing that I use to, uh, people use Discord for uh, Twitch is that, okay, so let's say you subscribe to me. This is the special benefit that you can get. I will make a special room in Discord for the subscribers only. So let's say if I'm playing a game, I, I want to invite you to play my game and you've, you're, you're the subscribers, I can invite you to the VIP room and then we can play games together. It's almost like meeting your your meeting a celebrities a little bit. So think of Discord as a community building tools, and Twitch is just for streaming. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. So Discord's like if I um, if I'm on someone's Discord, it sort of lasts longer than the Twitch. I can go on anytime if I if I like uh, if I like some gamer, um, even when he's not on. I could go on Discord to his Discord yep. and log in, and then I see all of his other fans, and we could all talk. Yep, you can all talk. You can even post stuff, or maybe sometimes you let, let's say if Jens has a Discord, he can post like she can post like, okay, this is this is what I did today. This is why this is what article I found today, and then just pin it so people go to the Discord they can read it or they can. But but here's what's confusing. Let's say I'm um, streaming Twitch streaming me playing chess. Mm -hmm. Where is the chat that I need to pay attention to? Is it on the chess? Site is it on Twitch? Is it on Discord? Which chat do I focus on? Uh, Twitch, Twitch. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to care about Discord unless you invite people to jump on Discord. The reason why I use Discord with you is that I don't have to jump on Zoom because Zoom use more resources on my PC than Discord. I see. So Discord is also streaming the stream. No, Discord is just for me to talk to you. That's it. So let's say if five people want to talk to you, five people play a team game like. Veteran or like Counter Strike or Dota or League of Legends, we all, five of us just joined the one room rather than having a. I Skype. see you're on Twitch, but yep. you're chatting with each other on Discord and communicating yep. on Discord. Yep. So I would challenge people. Think of all. So Twitch is this great streaming platform that millions, tens of millions of people are on. Yep. And I would challenge people to think of like uh, original uses for it. Like for instance, Jen, let's say you're about to have an argument with your husband. Say, hold on a second. Let's turn on Twitch and. <laughs> the argument. Yep. That would be an alternative use of Twitch that I've never seen anyone do. And of course, that could be repackaged for podcast, YouTube video, yeah. anything. And then you invite people to watch it and chat. Yeah. And also what you can do is you can put a poll on Twitch, like who's going to win the argument? And then people can pull it. Oh. So yeah. that's the thing too, is if you have a moderator, like Jay, for instance, Jay could be interacting with the audience, like who's winning now? And, yep. you know, so on. And uh, who do you think should should win? And that sort of thing. I mean, not to be so commercial about your marriage, but uh, 
That, that is. Oh, I would love that. Count me in. Count me in. I got to get the husband's approval, but I love it. You know, a divorce lawyer reached out to me. A divorce lawyer was, was reaching out to me about prenups, postnups, and I was going to do like a private podcast recording with her and then release it in the newsletter. But I'm thinking now that maybe I can live stream it, promote it in the newsletter, and then have people come to Twitch live and ask I think questions. that's a great idea. And and Jay, we should think about live streaming some podcasts on Twitch. That's a really good idea. Yeah, that's what I've been th- doing with Nathan. We are about to do another one with Nathan. I'm about to do another one with Nathan. The uh, the companion podcast? Yeah, the companion podcast. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So on the companion podcast, the way I did it, I also have intro video and outro video. So a lot of time you want to start your stream first before you actually jump onto your stream. So what happened is I have these things. I I have this bumper. I call it bumper or intro. It says the stream is starting soon and the music play behind. It's almost like you go to concert. People, you know, open door away for more viewers comes in and you start to stream, then you start to interact. So you didn't you didn't start right away. So I usually so I have it up for like maybe 10 uh 5 to 10 minutes, you know, I chat with the streamers and then I start the show after, you know, because usually during the intro time I'll talk to Nathan what we talk about, pre-plan some of the questions, pre-plan some of the conversations. And then after that, I didn't end the stream right away. I will end the stream. I say thank you for watching and then let it play out for like five minutes, 10 minutes while I'm still interacting with the audience. And then Jay, you should, um, so my advice to you, which maybe you already do, is you should raid someone else's stream then. Uh, yes, I should. Uh, the thing is, I don't know a lot of people on Twitch. So like I, can't, I have no one to but, raid. But, but let's say you have no followers and let's say nobody's watching your stream. Right. If you do a raid, the other streamer sees you doing a raid and he'll usually say, oh, thanks, Jay Yao, for the raid. So what happens in a raid, Jen, is that all of your... Yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, all, all, all of your uh, listeners or watchers, they are moved over to the stream, the Twitch stream that you are raiding. So if, like, if you have thousands of uh, listeners, then that's a huge benefit to the stream you're raiding because suddenly your listeners are listening to that stream. But the benefit to you is... The streamer will usually notice it and say, oh, there's a raid from Jay Yao. Now, all of his listeners or her listeners, which might be hundreds or thousands or tens, will will wonder, oh, who's this Jay Yao raiding my favorite streamer's stream? And so it gives it's another marketing thing that exposes you to a new audience. So you can raid someone else's stream, and then all of their listeners at that moment will see, oh, Jen Glantz's stream is raiding us. Who's Jen Glantz? I feel like I got to read a book or take a course on all these terms. I mean, Twitch is a whole world. Couldn't you even like pair up with someone and, and plan, like pre-plan this? Like, People do yeah. that. Yeah, that's why I, uh, I mean, not without a Twitch. I, I see I have like uh, Nathan on. So the video that I just sent you in the chat, it's just me and Nathan side by side. The next thing that might be a little bit difficult for me that I want to try is actually have the layout. So we have our names. Also might want to have audience on just to chat with us. That that's that's another experiment that I'm gonna try because I have to also figure out the technical side of it. Like how how do they come on to Zoom without me, you know, going crazy. Wait, are you using you're using a a, a program to stream, right? We does it no, stream yard? I use OBS. See, Jay, again, I feel like there's a problem here that an entrepreneur should find a solution to. So if I'm streaming a game there's the game platform, there's Twitch, right. there's Discord. Now, okay, what video streamer are you going to use? There's StreamYard, there's OBS. Why can't someone invent just a stream in a box so it's one click and I'm streaming everything I want on Twitch? 
I think Twitch is doing that, but I don't think they are, they are there yet. But it's not easy. Like, if I had to stream right now, even though you have set me up 37 times, it would be hard for me to just click like, (laughs) okay, now I'm going to start streaming. Right. Well, so if you want to stream podcasts, right? Melonapp.com. Hold on. I I just want to make sure it's the right one. Melonapp.com. They have a very easy one click to stream. That is only for podcasts, not for gaming. Mm. Okay. But Jay, that's one something I didn't know. You should almost write… The five-minute guide to Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Which if you I want should. to do this, do this, this, this. If you want to do this, do this, this, this. And right. and then it'll be done. Or and Please. then someone can make software based on your five-minute guide. And then, yeah. then that person will make money. Yeah, that's so, my that's my millionaire series right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just made you a millionaire. Yeah. In, in, in our dreams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm good. good. I'm good for that. <laughs> yeah, but 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 streaming is really fun. The, I think the reason why. No one want to do it yet. It's probably not a lot of people. Like people that stream, maybe not never think about what they want. They just want to stream. So that's yeah. probably one of the reasons why. And streaming is also one of the most flexibility industry. Like maybe this person only want this. Maybe I want different thing for different times. So they, they just have to figure out the problem to, to solve the problem. Wait, are you, when you're streaming, are you also streaming it to YouTube and other no. places? Or are you just streaming to? So, so okay. I know, I know, other, I know some platform can do that. Uh, they, they call it a multi-platform streaming. Uh, for me, I rather, I rather focus on stream yet because what happened if where do you want to direct your 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 audience to, right? So let's say if like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. streaming tonight. You got you guys can go to street uh, Twitch, YouTube, and this, you know, and then if you. And every platform monetize monetize it differently. Yeah, so I I rather focus on Got one it. either Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. Yeah, I had right. Well, that's the other thing is where the other thing where you're streaming too. I don't know. Yeah. It's very confusing, and but it people is. do it. And, and look, the great thing about Twitch is is that it becomes a monetization tool for people who are really passionate about something that didn't exist before. So, a great example, of course, is the gaming industry. Let's say someone likes the game Fortnite and they're not that good at it, uh, which is 99 point, you know, by definition, it's almost everybody, but they have a great personality and they have a fun time exploring the Fortnite world. And I don't know, it's just fun and funny to watch them. Then they can make, you know, a million dollars a year or more uh, with Twitch, even if they're not the best. It used to be the case you had to be the best to get sponsorships, to get money. But now, if you just have a good personality and you're streaming a game, and and maybe you have some educational things to say about the game, even better. But you could get tons of views. So, so you do you know what personality that found out that would get the most view? No. Yeah, for, for gaming, gaming, it's no. raging. So people love to see gamer rage. They're like they they beat, they will like the streamer will yell and they will like curse. They will yeah. throw stuff. It's people it's love true. watching it. Even when I watch uh, uh, chess, which you think of as like, oh no, chess players are very just like dorky and they're not going to rage or whatever. But uh, I watched this one guy, Chess Bra, and he's one of the best players in the world. He's the best player in Canada. And he's a young guy. And when he loses a game, sometimes he throws a chair. Sometimes he like walks around the room yep. yelling and, you know, cursing and, 
it's it's just funny watching him rage, yeah. like you say. I didn't realize that yeah. that's actually one of the attractive features of watching him. Yeah, even though he's also very good, so you learn things. Yeah, and you know Ninja, right? I don't know if you know Ninja, Jen, but uh, Ninja is one of the big streamers. Uh, that, but he's not mm, one of the best players, right? Nope, of he's Fortnite not, is a Fortnite. Yeah. People, so someone did like an article on him, like why is he so successful? It's because he raged a lot. Yeah. Wow. Well, yes, it's like reality yeah. shows. I mean, the best reality shows are the ones where people are losing their minds yep. screaming. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. My mind is twirling around how I'm going to rage. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think that only apply. <laughs> that might only apply to male streamers. Female streamer, I don't know yet. Yeah. It depends on your brand because like, I don't feel… And, and I hate to use the word brand. It's just not natural to me to rage yeah. when I lose right. a game, for instance. Yeah, me too. It's, yeah. You know, people will be like, oh, why is he getting upset over it? It's just a game. Come on. So, yeah. Yeah. whereas if you're younger and um, playing a game, it makes more sense. But, you know, I'm, I'm an old man, so I can't, I can't rage while losing a game. It's, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, streaming is very, definitely very interesting right now. Uh, it's been, my, it's been my, my, one of my most interesting uh, areas. So, like, I just, but the thing is, I'm just not good at growing it. So, like, I just, like, stream for fun. I know how to grow it, but I'm just like, ah, eh, it's lazy. I think a lot of people out there would do very well streaming. Like, so for instance, one of my daughters is into watching streams. She's into games. She's slightly on the spectrum. So she has an offbeat. So while there's downsides to that, she has a very offbeat personality. But I think if she were to be a little bit more, uh, let's say, forthcoming on her, on her while she's streaming and kind of let her personality really shine and, and the offbeatness of it, I think someone like that could do very well on Twitch, for instance. Yeah, I think, don't you think live video is going to continue to be something huge? I mean, every social media platform is is doing it. Everyone is getting more and more into it. And I feel like Twitch hasn't really taken off to its fullest potential yet either. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't. It's, it's definitely taken off to its fullest potential in terms of gaming and e-gaming. Um, but yeah. but you're right. Yeah. For uh, I don't know why only now people realize. Oh, I can go on Twitch and talk about business or marriages or other things. Like I think it's a perfect platform for all of that, and yeah. no one's ever really used that use case before. They rather go on YouTube and talk about it and and all rather than Twitch. But I think uh, Twitch has more potential because. You know, people can subscribe, people can pay money, people can donate. You can design your channel to look a little bit better. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting... And, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop, really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Jen, how are things going? Things are good. I've been busy. <laughs> I've done a lot of different things. I would say I did three main things since we talked last. Number one is I got a um, hundred more subscribers to the first year of marriage newsletter. So now I'm over 300. Uh, number two, I worked on the card decks. So we can talk a little bit about that. And then the third thing I did was start an odd jobs newsletter just because we talked a lot about that last week. And surprisingly, people are really into that idea. I just posted it today. I saw you posted it. And so many people are like, I love that. I would definitely subscribe to that. So people are really passionate about that. And also when I was researching odd jobs, 
the things I found just blew my mind. I mean, there's a lot of interesting jobs out there. In the yeah, world. I mean, and a couple of things to unpack from that. First off, in your newsletter, The First Years of Marriage, you wrote a post on odd jobs you can do from home. What people don't understand is it's a great idea to launch one product from within another product. So for instance, whether you did it as an article or as part of your first years of marriage newsletter or as a podcast, you test it out where you have an audience, odd jobs you could do from home. And then if people like it, then you could, it starts to bring into mind, A, should this be a new newsletter? B, should this be part of the marriage newsletter, but an ongoing series? Should this be a podcast? Now, you know, this is popular. You focus grouped it with your audience from one platform. And now, you know, oh, that people have interest in this. Maybe it is good to try it out as a new newsletter. And I can guarantee you people will love it if you did it as a new newsletter. And you're going to find out all these interesting things that you can either bring into the marriage one or the podcast or whatever. All these things kind of connect with each other. Or again, if you do 50 of these odd job newsletters, now you have a book that you could self-publish and we're adding maybe interviews or adding other stuff or having 50 new jobs that you didn't put in the newsletter and boom, now it's a book. And then you could start giving talks about odd jobs, like what makes all these jobs attractive, how to develop your own odd job, which you started to do in this particular edition that you, that you already launched. The other thing is, that's interesting is basically, and we mentioned this before, I think, but the uglier the job, sometimes the more interesting it is and sometimes the more lucrative it is. So again, I, I think I gave this example last week, but I know a guy who basically picks up garbage every week and he does this process to get the steel out of the garbage, S-T-E-E-L, uh, and then he sells the steel he's picked up from the garbage and he makes millions a year. And it's such an ugly thing. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I pick up garbage. Uh, people would like leave it at that. Okay. On to the next person. What do you do? Oh, I have an internet startup, but the guy who picks up the garbage and siphons the steel out of it makes, you know, he's made tens of millions of dollars in his career. So, you know, sometimes these odd jobs are extremely lucrative. Yeah, I, I couldn't stop thinking about how you said ugly businesses last week. And I wanted to find a way to incorporate that, maybe changing the name of the newsletter, but yeah, I did that by accident because on Substack, you can add a new newsletter and I didn't realize it added it to the first years of marriage, but I just went with it. I posted it. I tried it out. I just wanted to test it. And I think my new thing is I'm not going to overthink things. I'm just going to experiment and do. So yeah, the odd jobs newsletter went up on the first year of marriage. Great. It got a lot of traction, but I'm thinking maybe of even changing up the name to like odd and ugly businesses or, you know, every week theme it something else. So one week could be like just, you know, ugly businesses you can do from home. One week can be ugly businesses you can do that make you six figures, odd jobs you can do um, while traveling. I like odd and ugly businesses you could start today, something like that. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you could have like different categories. Like you could even make a newsletter. Well, some jobs are odd, some jobs are ugly. Some jobs are strange. Some jobs are, you know, uh, I don't know. You can think of like a bunch of different categories and, and then kind yeah. of, uh, it, it, when people open the newsletter, they know, oh good, this is going to be an ugly one. I like those the best. Oh good. This is going to be an odd one. I like those the best. Oh, this is going to be a home one. I like those the best. So you could have just different categories. You know, what was crazy is last time we talked, I go, there's definitely somebody who has done this already. And in my research, I didn't find anybody who had a newsletter about odd jobs. I saw a lot of podcasts, which were interesting, but yeah, there was nothing like this. And then 
What I also wanted to do, because I heard this on a podcast and I couldn't forget it, is like making job boards because you can monetize job boards. So I found a website where you can easily create a job board. And then I was going to embed that in the newsletter so that people can find different odd jobs around them to actually apply for as well. Yeah. Like I like you put this odd job uh, board, July 2021. Is this embedded from something? No, that was just, I just like did like a sample, but I found this really cool website. I think it's a sheet. Um, I, I linked it in our notes that you can make a job board. All you have to do is just use Google Sheets. Um, I think it's called Sheet to Site. And basically what you can do is create a whole job board using that. And then what I figured people can do as I built the subscription up is that people can pay to list their job in this newsletter. Yeah, I, I love it. I think this is going to be an exciting one. So so basically this week, you launched an entirely new newsletter. You put out a couple of issues of the first years of marriage. You added 100 subscribers and you started working on the card deck. And again, this is what I always tell everybody. Right now, it's of course too early to figure out how to monetize these things. Like we have to see what people want. We have to see what kind of users you yep. get. We have to see what content people like the best. And then it gradually will come become clear what you know you you want to you want to strike uh at the right point instead of kind of haphazardly trying out different business models you want to you want to really hit the highest odds for uh making a lot of money when you first monetize because once you monetize some people will be turned off and it'll cap in some way it will cap what you're doing so we have to make sure uh everything's going well but uh Let's let's talk about the card deck. So last week we talked about this idea of making like a card game where it's for people in relationships or newlyweds or maybe even oldlyweds. Um, oh, by the way, first before we do that, I liked um, this issue that you just put out of the first years of marriage about the divorce rate. So I didn't realize the divorce rate is now tra- trailing lower than fifty percent. Yeah, it's getting closer and closer to forty percent which I thought was interesting too. And I think I listed a couple of reasons as to why that is. But yeah, I think this, you know, cliche of 50% of people get divorced is not becoming, is not true anymore. Well, let me ask you a question. Why do people get married? Now I'm married, you're married. A lot of people we know are married. So obviously I didn't have that much of a problem with it. But like, why should people get married? Like why when people are like, you know what? I love this person more than anything. I am, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person you know what I need to do now is tell the division of motor vehicles that I'm with this person. Like, cause that's all marriage does is tells the government that you're married. I struggle with this so much because I couldn't figure out why I needed to get married, except that everyone tells you that you should and everyone judges you if you're not. And for so many things, like I I honestly do not have a good reason as to why people get married, unless of course it's for a legal purpose like health insurance or, you know, taxes or whatever. But I don't think there's a, I don't have a good reason. I personally do not have a good reason why people should get married. Because again, it is literally that a legal document that you sign. That's it. I think, to be honest, I think the reason I get married is, uh, is that I'm insecure so that, uh, I, I know this is something that whoever I'm with wants to do. And I know, I feel like it's a way to secure the relationship somehow so that nobody leaves me. Although of course that's a myth because people get divorced, 40% get divorced, but you know, for that reason, I'm willing to do it. 
but you never, you know, I don't know why most people do it. I think it's one of those things where it's a thing that you do because you're taught to do it. For example, why do people automatically just assume to go to college? It's almost like we're, we're taught this is next, this is next, this is next, and you don't question it. And I think, you know, I started questioning it after the business I'm in about why do Adam and I need to get married? We've been together six years. We live together. Life is great. But I did feel that giant sense of pressure to just do what everyone else is doing. I mean, why do people go to college? Why do they have these gigantic weddings? Like I'm thinking about the other things people do because they're told to do them when they don't really know the purpose behind it. Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting thing. Like maybe that's a newsletter topic. I don't know. Um, but uh, all right, let's, so so yeah, tell me about the card deck. So last week we talked about making this deck that, well, you 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 describe what you did. So yeah, I I've always been fascinated by the idea of making a card deck. I've seen them become very popular. It was my goal of this year to create one. And last week we talked about perhaps doing it. We found that it was so easy to do it because all you really need is to write out the questions, maybe hire a designer, which you can do very inexpensively, and find a company to print the cards. And we found a couple of companies. So this week, in between the time we talked, I went through the internet, I spent 30 minutes, and I collected all of these different questions that could be card deck questions. I think I have like over 200 of them. Most of them I just took from websites. And my plan is to go through them, maybe pick the best 150 for the card deck. I priced out the card decks, and I also priced out designers. And what I found was to make card decks and to only order about 100 or 200 of them, it would probably be between $15 and $25, which is quite a lot because you're not going to make a ton of profit yeah. off of that. Um, and when I was researching competitors, a lot of card decks sell for between like $14 and $27. Um, so it's very low margin. But I still think there's a good, there's a good, you know, it, it could be a good idea to do something like that. Yeah. And, um, well, let's see. Um, I wonder why, I mean, it makes sense that it's 14 or $15 to print one. I wonder what, what does cards against humanity cost? Uh, which is the most popular one, I think. So that's $25. So you're right. Yeah. The margin doesn't seem that great. Um, but you know what? I'm trying to think. And then there's these expansion decks that they sell, but I imagine it still costs like $15. Right. I mean, Cards Against Humanity has 108,000 ratings and reviews. Like, people love that game. And maybe, again, maybe it's a way, if you don't lose money and it doesn't take you that much time and it does make a little bit of money, then it's also a good way to market other things like the newsletter or whatever. I don't know. But it should be that it's more profitable. So I wonder if there's a cheaper way to print it. I think absolutely. And I think it gets cheaper as you order more. So, you know, I bet you Cards Against Humanity probably cost them like 2 to $5 per deck. So because they're ordering in such quantity. But I looked at Shuffled Inc. And I looked at the other place I looked at was something really funny, like make makeplayingcards.com. And that was about $16. Because of course you want it to look nice. So you want to choose like decent packaging, you know? I have your answer, which is all those places that you're potentially ordering from they're based in the United States, so it's expensive. But I just went on Alibaba, and for a customized deck, if you order 500 packs, minimum order, I'm looking just looking at the first choice here, it's between 19 cents and 56 cents a pack. Wow, that's a huge difference. A huge, huge yeah. difference. Okay, I'm going to definitely check that out. Here's one that sells 400 cartons, and there's 12 decks per carton, and it's $43 per carton. So that's... That's a huge discount too, although I have to do the math. 
Yeah, yeah. customized playing cards. I wonder how customized you can get. Well, here's one for um, a game where it's 99 cents to $3.50. So you could definitely get something cheaper. Yeah. Here's custom printed. Oh yeah, here's a whole other kind of game. It's 21 cents to a dollar. You could print whatever you want on these things. Oh yeah, here's a game called What's Your Story? Wow. And they printed it up for, if you order more than 10,000 sets, it's 55 cents a set. I want to make a card game now. Jay, what kind of card game can we Seriously? make? Seriously. Uh, you have an idea in uh, card, card, card game, remember? I forget. What was my idea? The, the Like what Trump's saying or something like that? Oh, but that was when Trump was president. Like Yeah. So, uh, so we have to have a different one. Yeah. So the, the one card game out there is like what podcasters say. Like there is a card game for like why mm. podcasters will, will ask questions. You know, you can do a card game on like what would you say during your divorce or or you know like a journey to to wedding like you know and play a card game like that yeah. yeah what about a skip the line card game yeah like if in this situation what would you do oh look here's some here's some sex card game that they're advertising on alibaba um i wonder wow. those do really well yeah. wow this is a nice design <laughs> too and they have like a little metal container um that they give you for each pack so and this is yeah again 50 19 cents for four of them more than five thousand sets although it has like uh regular ace of diamonds all that kind of stuff so i don't know i don't know where what the sex part is but um okay so yeah so so uh uh so assume now that there is a better way to make a profit by the way whenever you see a business where it's kind of confusing why are they doing this on only a 10 percent margin then then you need to dive further because and that's why i yep. just looked myself because it didn't seem right like most businesses have about an a, a 70 to 80 percent margin may give or take 10 percent. but that's how you have to be thinking for like a, a a physical business like that is that there should be a much higher margin now unless you're expecting enormous quantity so walmart doesn't have such a high margin because they have enormous quantity they have like hundreds of billions of dollars in revenues but uh, for any other business where quantity is not going to be that big, uh, there's got to be like an 80% margin to make it worth it. Yeah. And this is why I really want to push myself to do this because I've never sold a physical product. I've only sold services where you're not so concerned about a margin because you're offering your time. It's so different. So like something like this is such a great lesson for me because I, I don't know, you know, I don't know any of this. I wouldn't have even known to think to go to Alibaba, which makes so much sense is just find someone who can do it for, for cheaper. Again, and a lot of people, when they when they think physical products, like particularly for all of us who have been doing like digital products, to think yep. of physical products, a lot of people think, oh, okay, I'll make merch. I'll make a t-shirt uh, about marriage or whatever. But those are, everybody's doing that. Those are hard businesses to make like a million dollars from. Now, you could make a million dollars in revenues easily anytime you want. If you spend $2 million in advertising, you'll make a million dollars in revenues. But uh, I, I think card game, cards are fun because if people play the, first off, you could see now, oh, maybe it'll cost me $5,000 to buy 10,000 decks or whatever it is. Uh, then you see if that sells out really quickly, you know, you have a business. If it doesn't sell out, you don't have a business. And when it does sell out, you'll make back your money anyway. So, you know, even if it takes two years to sell out, you'll make back the money you put down. So it's one of those businesses that are pretty easy to test and easy to try. You could make, you could try 10 new businesses, 10 new card deck businesses over the next year. By the way, then once you do it once, topic for your newsletter or or here's a course how to make your own card game mm. boom 
and you have a course and newsletter potentially or a newsletter idea on uh, how to make some money. So not only can you make money on the card game, but you could then make a course how to make your own card game included with a, a special one-time offer of 50 card games you might want to try making. And, and you make a little course and you sell it through whatever, uh, you know, Skillshare or whatever. I love that. That's a really awesome idea. Another thing that I've always wanted to do, because I'm, I'm obsessed with scratch-offs. I love the idea of scratch-offs. So I was thinking of some sort of game or card game where people can scratch off a challenge, an adventure, a question. I think the art of getting them to take an action could be really unique too. I, I love this idea. So imagine for the first year of marriage, scratch off uh, deck. So uh, you have, um, or whatever, whatever a pack of them is called, you have 365 scratch offs. And every day when you wake up with your newlywed, you scratch off and there's like one challenge you have to do for the day. And it shouldn't be so time consuming because people have to go to work and stuff, but just one, you know, one scratch off per, per day for the first year of marriage. I think that's a huge idea. So let's look on Alibaba, uh, how, how to make a, a scratch card. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Scratch customs, customized scratch cards. One cents to 10 cents a piece. So, uh, that that's one thing. Um, let me see. Oh yeah. One cents to eight cents, five cents to $1. Uh, I guess there's different types of customization. What about the ideas for the card deck? I wrote down like about 200 different questions that could be, uh, it could be cards. And these are questions to ask your partner, discussions, challenges, experiments, things like that. And all I did to brainstorm these was just simply in 30 minutes, do some Google searches, go on Reddit, go on Quora, just read different articles. And I just pulled all the questions into an Excel spreadsheet. And then as I get more serious about this idea, I'm going to just go through them, edit them, pick the best ones and go from there. But again, it was just an easy way of me testing out this idea. Yeah, I love it. And there's uh, what are other, what are some other ways you could test out some of the, uh, you know, situations or questions you bring up in the, in the card deck. So describe the game, like describe the, if one people, we described it last week, but, uh, describe a little more, like what would happen when people get your card deck and what do they do? Well, they're going to get the card deck and they pick a card and the card either has a question to spark conversation or some sort of experiment or challenge to do with their partner. An example of a challenge could be, uh, and this one was pretty far-fetched, but interesting, create a funny prenup of items you couldn't live without. So rather than like a serious prenup, it would be like, okay, if we get divorced, I am taking the air fryer. Like that is coming with me, you know? So to create like a fun little prenup with your partner. Oh my God. I love this idea because you imagine like, you know, newlyweds go out to brunch on a Sunday. They could say, okay, we're going to take this, you know, this card deck with us. And then they could do make the funny prenup at brunch. It gives them an activity to do while they're doing something yeah, and else. And like I had another one is like call three people in your life and get them to tell you what they love about you as a couple, which is perfect if you're fighting or you're not feeling great about your relationship to just call people and be like, hey, what makes us so good together? That was another type of experiment. So here's the question. Like how can this be played? So let's say you have friends over, another couple, and you're in your living room and you're trying to figure out something to do and you want to play the card deck. Could this be something that's played with multiple couples? So, uh, cause was what, cause maybe it's like a, a separate kind of idea. Like, uh, you're in this situation, um, you know, some horrible situation or good situation in marriage. Like you just make a million dollars. What would you do with it? And each couple has to guess what the, the other couple would 
do with it, or maybe each person has to guess what, uh, I don't know, one member of the couple would do with it, or I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like some way uh, to challenge each other. Yeah, I feel like there could be another card deck, like couple versus couple, where you get together with your coupled friends and you play these games. I feel like that could be an extension pack or a completely different game because I feel like that would be such a fun thing to do with your coupled friends. Yeah, because even like, let's say I'm looking at your questions now on the spreadsheet, like what's your favorite memory of the last year? Now, of course, that could be played with a husband and wife and that's interesting and you learn a lot about your spouse with that. And then... um uh, imagine if you ask another couple or, or ma imagine if the card comes up and you have to guess what the favorite memory of the other, of another couple was even if, so they write down what their favorite memory was and other couples in the room have to guess what their favorite memory of the last year. Cause some couples won't even know them. So they'll have to guess something totally outrageous and you know, everybody kind of submits their answer. And then the couple in question picks the one that was closest to what their favorite memory was of the past year. Um, so it doesn't have to be exactly, it could just be closest. And then that couple who who guessed most correctly gets a point. And at the end of the evening, the points are added up and that's who wins. So this could be a couple versus couple type of situation as well. I love that. I mean, there's also another idea to do a card game first year of marriage for just one person to use, meaning not even for the couple for the individual. Because again, I think a big problem with marriage is that a person loses their identity. So maybe it's like the, the first year of mar marriage solo deck where it's all questions or games for you to get back to who you are to figure out things about yourself. That's totally correct. Like it's almost like the, the due diligence relationship card game or something. I don't know, like what do you need for a relationship to work for you? So to focus group some of these questions, you could try, you could say, Okay, I'm gonna do it right now on Twitter. Um, okay, so on Twitter right now, I'm gonna ask, no one's gonna pay attention to me, but let's see. Um, question for all married couples. In retrospect, would you rather have eloped or had a huge wedding with a ton of guests? So I'm tweeting that out right now. And you know, this is a good way to focus group. If a lot of people respond, you know, this is a good question for the deck. If nobody responds, eh, maybe that question's not so good for the deck. So yeah, I'm going to put out a newsletter for the first year of marriage where I do polls and voting and have people vote on like a bunch of different questions, release those answers. But those questions can also help me test out even what could be in the deck as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. So, so, and again, Keep your, I, I like how you're keeping track of the process of all this because making a game slash card deck, there could be a course about this. By the way, setting up on Twitch, Jay, once again, there could be a course about this. Maybe uh, you and Jen should do one where yeah. Jen's going through it and you're helping her set up and you document the process and that's a course. Because remember when we had Brandon Lemon on for the um, Side Hustle Fridays where he talked about making a course, he niched down his course. He didn't just do sales. He just didn't, he didn't do this massive course about sales. He did one about cold calling. He did one about, uh, closing the sale, or he did one mm -hmm. about software to use for the sale or whatever. He did all these like small, uh, courses and they each made enough to pay his rent every, every month. Yeah. I like that. Cause I don't want to take a whole course on Twitch. I want a, a Twitch course for someone exactly like me, who's doing it not for gaming, but almost just doing it to live stream parts of my life or things like that. So yeah, that'd be cool. 
you would never take like a three week course on Twitch. You want like a course you can go through in sort of an hour. Uh, and then maybe there's also a Q and a board where the course creator could, uh, respond to specific questions. And then also that's an opportunity for consulting. Um, if you make a course and then someone is like, oh, I don't know how to log into Alibaba. Well, okay. They could hire you as a consultant to log into Alibaba or whatever. Oh, templates to advertise the first years of marriage. Did you start advertising the newsletter? So I, I made a list of like different ways. I researched weird ways. And um, the couple things I did was I ordered a bumper sticker for our car. We're about to drive from Chicago back to New York. So I'm going to put the bumper sticker on the car. Adam is not thrilled about this, but that's such great advertising, you know, yeah. to have a bumper sticker and it's free. So I did that. I also ordered merchandise for me to wear. If I can wear a t-shirt 24 seven that says the first year of marriage.com, people are going to check it out. Um, I advertised it. In oh, you know what you could do? The first year of marriage and, and then fill in the blank. And so people will call, come up to you, uh, or, or no people like the most frustrating thing about the first year of marriage is, and then fill in the blank and people will walk up to you and tell you, and then that's not only a way to advertise the newsletter, but content for the newsletter. I loved it. I mean, I was looking into billboards and then I was like, I could be in my own billboard. The car can be a billboard. Yeah. My existing newsletter, you know, I was thinking of all these things that I can do as billboards. And then I researched billboards and they're not that expensive. I mean, the minimum was about $5,000 to start the process. So it's not that expensive if you're, you know, if you have a budget for that. But I was like, that is a dream of mine is to one day have a billboard. That's going to be on my bucket list. Oh, so here's an, uh, an interesting thing is you just, you just said, why don't you be your own billboard so you can wear this t-shirt? Well, thinking about it, here's a business idea. I have a business other people wear shirts. And so there's an intermediary in the middle, like, Hey, will you be the billboard for my business? And everyone who signs up gets a shirt and maybe gets a small amount of pay. And you'd have to figure out how to track that they truly are wearing the t-shirt and not just saying it. So this, that's what makes this business idea problematic. But, uh, but this is how I think about uh, a business It's how do you scale everything you're doing? So like you're your own billboard. Well, how can I get a, a thousand people to be my billboard wearing shirts? So maybe there's a business there where, um, there's a platform, uh, be a billboard and you hook up businesses with people who are willing to wear t-shirts and be your billboard. But again, I don't know how you, how you track that really. So it might not be a good idea, but it's a thought you're wearing a t-shirt. Can you advertise in other newsletters? I forget. Yeah, I did. I paid for an advertisement to go out July 16th in the newsletter that had the audience that I thought was good. So I paid for that. And I also, I have... How much did it cost? I paid $150 for, I think, 300 words. And um, I believe her list is over 60,000 people. Wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I figured it was worth the investment just to give it a try. One thing that I would add, by the way, is take some of your older newsletters now, like for instance, or take, take this one right now that you just put out the, the divorce rate is less than 50%. Well, I would take that exact article and put it on LinkedIn, medium, uh, thought catalog, uh, Huffington post, wherever people read articles and wherever you think you can get an article, uh, run and put the exact same article in each place. Cause they all have different audiences and throughout the article or either at the end, if they, depending on where they allow you, but throughout the article, I would put, you know, in brackets for more like this, check out my free newsletter, 
uh, the first years of marriage and then link to your newsletter. So that's like free advertising and you'll get an audit. Like you put it on a platform with millions of people like LinkedIn. If the article goes viral. Yeah. You, you, you just gave me the idea to, um, to put it on Quora too. Yeah. On Quora. It's, of course you should put it on Quora. I'm going to go on Quora right now for a second. And uh, I'm looking at the question right now. Why are the divorce rates high in the U.S.? There's already a hundred answers, and these some of these answers have thousands of views. So, yeah. um, let me see. Uh, okay, here's one. Is it true that sixty percent of marriages divorce? Uh, there's a hundred plus answers for that. So people are are viewing these things like these. Some of these answers have again thousands of views. What should people know and do? Here's another question. Is it true that over fifty percent of marriages end in divorce? There's 33 answers, but it's got more followers. And again, I'm seeing some answers with a, a ton of, of views. So I think, I think Quora is an excellent place to put it. So, okay. Uh, yeah. podcast. Yes. You should be going on podcast. Uh, at some point when you have enough issues out there, people will ask you to go on podcast. So that's possible, but there's also sites like matchmaker.fm and other sites like that, that match podcasts with potential guests. So you could sign up for those and say, look, I was a bridesmaid for hire, and now I'm writing this newsletter so I could talk about divorce, I could talk about marriage, I could talk about here are the topics of my newsletter, and people will contact you to be on their podcast. All right, first year of marriage card deck, you uh, found designers on, on Fiverr. Okay, and again, I would add now to that one, that's a potential course. And the reason I keep mentioning course, because I saw later on, you you have ideas for courses. So you you started the Odd Job World newsletter, I think that one, you're not going to need to advertise it. I think what you should do is just basically put out that one as many as possible as you can, because you're actually t solving people's dreams in that one where like in, in, in the marriage one, you're solving people's problems. And it's also entertaining. Like, you know, first year of marriage, we all go through it and there's ups, there's downs, there's interesting, quirky statistics. So it's entertaining. It's useful. It's helpful. You're solving problems for people. If they didn't know something, it's a good resource to find out stuff about, but odd, the odd job one. And by the way, I like the name odd job world. Uh, the odd job one, uh, I mentioned that cause you wrote that in your notes here, the, the, the odd job one you're actually helping people achieve their dreams. They hate their jobs and they want to do an odd job from home. And I think this newsletter should go out as much as possible. Maybe you don't want to put 10 per newsletter because that's a lot of work, but maybe you find an odd job and you interview someone who does that job and you, you give kind of a, you know, a quick cheat sheet for how to start doing that job and links to resources and boom, you're, you're done. My question is then the promotion of that. Cause now I have to get all new subscribers for that newsletter, right? So you won't need to promote it because people are going to share it. Like I would take, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to okay. take your newsletter and do what many other people are going to do. I'm going to forward it to my kids because I have, a, I, I have a job. Okay. But maybe I know people who don't have a job, so I'm going to send it to them. Or maybe I know people who are unhappy. Everyone's going to, this is a very shareable type of newsletter. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do to test this one out is I'm going to I'm going to create a whole separate account for the odd jobs newsletter and I'm only going to promote it to be shareable. I'm not going to do any other crazy external promotion for that and experiment to see if that one blows up just by people sharing it. Yeah, and you could you know encourage people to share either on Twitter or on, on email. Yep. You know, you can give like buttons for sharing. By the way, I tweeted that uh, would you rather elope or uh, have a big wedding and it's like pages of responses already pages of responses. I have to click show more. Are they saying a low? Uh, 
I feel like a loaf is going to be popular. Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, first off, it's mostly men who've responded. Uh, but that maybe that's something about my followers. And men are definitely saying elope. Uh, you said elope. <laughs> and, uh, 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 oh, this guy says elope. Wife even agrees, but she didn't agree then. Um, she, but she agrees now. And here's one woman who says we did both. Uh, I liked having the guests because it's the only time in your life you have all the people you mostly like in one room. Uh, well, other than your funeral, she says. And then here's one woman, Michelle York, who says Las Vegas. Uh, in the car, a drive through wedding venue 30 years ago and still strong. It's good for her. Um, here's a guy who says, we've been married for 30 years. We look back now, and even though there are a ton of fond memories, and uh, we would have, who given who we are now, we would have eloped. And here's a guy who says, somewhere in between, like a bar backyard barbecue with good friends, drinks, and a handful of great people. Oh, but here's a guy who says, big wedding. Wish it were even bigger. Timeless night. So good for him. And here's another mm -hmm. guy who says, we'll yeah. do the big wedding again. All right. Here's a guy who says elope. And he, this person is, this is my answer. People hate to be invited to weddings, which is true for me. Uh, uh, I don't know. This guy says we had 45. I don't know what that means. Oh, 45 guests. Probably 45. Yeah. Oh, and here's a woman, Jackie. Jackie Wicks says our wedding was perfect. Still my version of perfection. 120 guests in a family loft on Great Jones Street. Hundreds of flowers from Chelsea Market. Champagne served as loft opened. Poopa made for my husband's grandmother, sorry. And I had the best, best time. I'm going to like that one. Yeah, I like that too. That's sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, that people seem to be attracted to that question. They love it and they like answering it. Yeah. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, 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 click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Going further on the notes, you started talking about courses. So you're saying this could be a course for any one odd job or odd jobs in general? I find that people are so curious of how to start a business, but what if it was how to start an odd business? And inside the course was odd job case studies and odd and interviews with people who have founded odd jobs. So it was almost like, hey, you want to start a business, but you have something about you that you're, is maybe weird or odd. Here's how to start that odd job. Yeah, I love it. And that could be a course. You could also do a course per job, but maybe the first thing is doing the general, you know, how to come up with an idea for an odd job. And, you know, by the way, some jobs might be unique, but not necessarily odd. Like a lot of people would like to know, for instance, how they could be a ghostwriter for books. It's not an odd job, but it's a job you could do from home. And, you know, it's sort of, you know, I know very few ghostwriters, even though that's a common job. Maybe people would be interested in how to get into a job like that. So not every job has to specifically be odd, but it's odd enough yeah. that it's worth worthy of including, or it's unique enough. Like there's unique, odd, ugly, so it's unique enough. So, um, oh, here's your, your million dollar list. 
10 lifestyle changes you'd make with $1 million. Uh, oh, this is an interesting, this is an interesting, you know, we talked about this before with the card game, but uh, I don't even know if I suddenly made like a huge amount, what else I would change. But so your list, Jen, is you would quit all your freelance work and side jobs. You'd raise your prices for, I hope you don't mind me reading these. Oh, no, no, no. You'd raise your prices for coaching. Um, so you would take less clients per month, but still really enjoy what I was doing. By the way, everything that you would do, I I'm going to ask you this question. Everything that you say you would do with a million dollars, why don't you do it now? Okay. Well, when I was making this list, because you asked me at the last call to make this list. And when I was making it, I go, is this a setup? Because everything I'm writing here is something I could easily be doing right now but I'm just putting it off. And the whole time I was writing this list, I thought that, I thought that. So, so for instance, raising your prices, that's something you can easily experiment with. Next time someone calls you for coaching, you could say, well, I charge $5,000 an hour. And if they say no, you have to be willing to hear no. That's the point of an experiment yes. is the experiment could fail. The downside of an experiment is you learn something and maybe you didn't get that client, but you already have a lot of clients anyway. So each one of these, like hire a team of three to five people. Well, I'm sure virtual assistants you could hire. So you use them only on demand and relatively cheap because it's outsourced to other countries. Um, have multiple homes, places to live. You already have that because Airbnb. And the real question is, is if you would use them so you can experiment like, okay, I'm going to visit some of my quote unquote multiple homes. Am I willing to even visit Airbnbs at different, more than I go on vacation? It's, you could test what it'd be like to have multiple homes take extended time off to write two or more books. Well, you can't, there are techniques for writing books extremely quickly. Uh, I used to regularly give, uh, in on this podcast, I used to regularly give, and people could look back at the episodes, uh, 30 day book challenges where I would give five different ways or three different ways per podcast about how you could write different. I, I would give different ideas for books that you could write in 30 days. And so you could definitely write a book in 30 days, even with the job. So this is something you could experiment with. Uh, and I give examples. Like if you go to amazon.com, there are people on there who have literally hundreds of books. So yeah. uh, like, uh, there's this guy, I always look at this guy, Patrick King. I think I've even probably bought one or two of his books. This guy writes an enormous number of books. Like here's one, how to extract info secrets and truth. Here's another one improve your conversations. Here's another one. Read people like a book. Here's another one. Stop people pleasing. The art of witty banter, the science of likability, the art of everyday assertiveness. Like, and from what I understand, he's also has pseudonyms where he writes books too. And some of these books, like here's a book, how to listen with intention. I don't even know what that's about listening with intention. And he's got 607 reviews for that book, which means he wow. must've sold thousands and thousands. Yeah. Like here's, there, I, and you can't like fake, uh, you know, these are all verified purchases too. these reviews. So, oh, my girlfriend noticed a positive change as I read this book reviewed in the United States on December 6, 2020. So he just published this book and he's got, he published this one year ago and two weeks and he's got 600 reviews. It's, it's still number one in statistics in the entire Kindle store. And it's number two in educational psychology. Like this is doing better than uh, my book skipped the line right now, which is, uh, published by a major publisher. So it's certainly possible to yeah. write tons of books fast. He's got a number one bestseller and his covers are outstanding. I think that's also why too. I mean, they really 
they catch your attention, they look really professional too. Okay, let's get Patrick King on the podcast to talk about all of this. We need to figure this out. We need to figure out this guy's secret instead of me always just talking about him. I, as you're reading this list that I wrote, I'm sitting here kicking myself because this isn't a list of what I would do with the million dollars. This is my excuse right. list. I mean, everything on here is an excuse. I'll call myself out. It's, right. it's excuses. Like, I feel pathetic. I feel absolutely pathetic. It's oh such my an God, excuse. hire a personal trainer and a personal chef. You could totally do this right now. First off, a personal trainer tops in New York City is going to be $100 an hour. Outside of New York City is going to be cheaper. Or you could go join a gym where they give you the personal trainers for some amount free and hire a personal chef. That is really not as expensive as one would think. Like during the pandemic, um, we had somebody drop off essentially 21 meals a week for us because uh, we weren't going shopping and stuff like that. And this person was doing it anyway. And we were just another client for them. And the meals were great. And it really didn't cost that much. I forget the exact amount, what, what it costs. Otherwise I would say, but it really didn't cost that. It didn't cost more than I would have spent anyway, ordering and cooking the food myself. Um, of course, hire a personal assistant. You can get a virtual assistant for, for cheap invest in businesses. I think are extraordinary. Okay. Go to angelist.com and you could, you could put a hundred dollars in private businesses if you want and get in. And, and I encourage everybody to do that. Get familiar with identifying and investing in private startups. And then as you make more money, you'll have the process down and you'll have the experience and skill set better. And you'll learn which people to follow on, on AngelList. You could follow other investors and see what they're investing in. And you can invest in the businesses they invest in. It's called syndicates on AngelList. Um, and so all these things, yeah, you're right. All these things you could do right now. <laughs> Wait, is this why you asked me to make this list? I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's part of the it. reason, yeah. Because uh, you should always do the things that you would do if you had a million dollars. Like, let's say I had a, a, a lot more money. Um, one thing I would do is, I like write, it, it changes all the time, right? Maybe sometimes I would write my, write the novel I've wanted to write, or maybe it would be, play chess all day, or maybe be spend more time with my family. Well, all of these things I do right now. And if someone tells me, oh no, you should continue being an accountant so you could save for your retirement. That's the last thing I'm going to do. Yeah. I feel like if you ask someone, if someone's like, I don't know what to do with my life, it's like make them make a list like this. And then that's all there. That's everything they want to do. They're just making excuses not to do it. Right. And you can't tell them that that's the purpose of the list or else that's how they're thinking. Right. You have to see, oh, well, this is what I would do, but I can't do it yet. They think they can't do it. So this is all good. So what's coming up this week? What are you focused on for this coming week? Okay, so I'm going to continue to increase the first year of marriage subscribers. I want to continue to increase that. I'm going to put out the Odd Jobs newsletter as a separate newsletter and only make it so that it's shareable. I'm not going to put too much time in pushing that out and promoting it. Um, I'm going to continue to do some research on the card deck and test out the questions. Also price out Alibaba and... Um, I have a couple other ideas. I mean, I really like this idea of like a human billboard company where you connect people who want to make a couple dollars and companies who want their items promoted. Like I think humanbillboard.com could be like a really cool idea. Oh, I love that name, humanbillboard.com. The question is, how do you, how would you track? And I don't know the answer. Maybe there is an answer. How would you track that they're doing it? I mean, maybe you develop some sort of like app or something that tracks them or, you know, it's like, hey, like I'm going to pay you $25 and wear the shirt for a month. Like maybe 
because you're not investing so much in these people wearing it, but you're giving them a free item to wear, you know, maybe it's not something that you have to track so much. Yeah, you're right. Like maybe it's just you give them the free news t-shirt and some of them will will not wear it and right. others will. And you know, the thing is, if you make a t-shirt where it's like interactive, like for instance, um, you know, somehow it says subscribe to the first years of marriage newsletter, but also it says like the biggest problem in my marriage is fill in, you know, fill in yeah. the blank. People might enjoy wearing the t-shirt because people are going to come up, strangers are going to come up to them and answer and people like that. So yeah. if you do it in such a way that people are going to enjoy wearing the shirt, then you don't have to, you don't really have to pay them or maybe you pay them like, I think it's good to pay a little bit because you get what you pay for. So if, if you pay nothing, then there's a much larger chance of you getting nothing from it. But uh, if you pay $10 or, or $1, people will, people are much more inclined to do something for a dollar than to do something if it's free. So uh, if yeah. there's no pay. So even if it's just $1, uh, cause, because of in Robert Cialdini's book, Influence, there's reciprocity. So what are they going to do for you? If you give them a dollar plus the t-shirt, they're going to do something. If you don't give them anything, then they don't do it. But um, like one time I was running for Congress and uh, somebody who's a really good marketer gave me the advice is that to win a primary, he said, you every primary is won by older people because older people vote in every single election. It's a way they get out of the house, whatever. So old, older people are, are you have to, you have to campaign to older people. So go to every old age home and give every person there a dollar and say, please vote for me. And he said, then you'll win any primary. And he, the reason that conversation started, because I was once having dinner with this guy and he said, I can make everybody in this restaurant a congressman if I want to. And so I said, okay, make me one. And then I took it seriously until I didn't. But, uh, uh, that was his advice. So, uh, okay. What, what else, what else is on the you agenda? Know Some, uh, a company, a funny story, a funny story is that a company who wanted Adam to take a survey, mailed him the survey and $1 bill. Yeah. And Adam is the kind of person that was fascinated by, he took the survey, he got the $1 bill. Then they sent him another survey with $5 and he kept doing it because of that little incentive. So it's just funny how that happened. Yeah. And by the way, survey companies are worth billions of dollars once you, once you have an audience like that. So uh, it's, by the way, it's just nonstop uh, uh, people answering this question. So I think you've got something there with that question at the very least. Uh and, that, and by the way, then that suggests content for an issue of the newsletter. So, uh, okay, so there's this, there's the newsletter, there's the odd job newsletter, there's uh, card deck. Uh, I would consider some of these life, do, try to do at least one experiment on one of these uh, lifestyle changes uh, you would do if you had a million dollars. And then um, I think this is, I think this all, I, the, the odd job board is very interesting. I would think about that a little bit just to see where that could go. And, uh, and then I would think about writing articles about marriage for other sites and, and link people to your newsletter. How did the King Sumo do? So King Sumo is a contest to build newsletter subscribers that we described last week or the week before, but how, how is that going? It is, it was such a good idea. And also I found some places you can post giveaways and I found some that were like pretty credible. So I posted the giveaway there. I got a lot of um, traction for that too. So the giveaway is awesome because I think it gives people another incentive to care and share this with people. So um, the giveaway is still going on for another week or two, but it was a great idea. Probably the top idea that brought me new subscribers. Uh, 
and again, you're keeping track of all this. So when you get to a thousand subscribers or 5,000 or 10, that whatever number you decide, I think that's a course, how, you, how to get your first thousand subscribers for your newsletter. So that's, uh, and you're keeping track of everything. So this is, this is perfect. You'd hardly have to do any work, but, um, all right. So, uh, there's some other notes here, but we could talk about it them next time. I think this is really great on everything. And I can't wait to play the card game with my, with my wife once, once it's done. And then, um, as always, we just should keep thinking of more ways to monetize everything. And the human billboard idea could be interesting or, but I think there's a lot of execution on between odd jobs, uh, uh, first years of marriage, card deck, and maybe some of these other things that we discussed. I think there's a lot of, a lot of things going on now. And I think pretty soon we'll start figuring out what the best way to monetize is. But, but for most important thing now is just, uh, getting subscribers. Oh, and keep, I, I would, are you recording your videos you make on Twitch? Because again, some of them might be good for your podcast. Yeah. I'm going to record them and save them and just keep them so I can use the content for something else eventually. Yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah, 10 businesses outside of, uh, wedding industry. Let's talk a little bit more about that next time as well. I like some of these. This is all good. Do you remember last time you were talking about weird people we would hire for things and you were going to maybe hire bodyguards for the chess tournament? Did you ever think about doing that? Oh, I thought about it and I decided not to do it, but maybe I should still do it. I I, I think that's a fun idea. Or maybe, um, you know, and, and then I'd have to, I, you'd have to have a persona for it too. So maybe I'd have to wear like dark glasses and, and uh, yeah. the COVID mask and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that's a fun, I think that's a fun idea. Or, or, and then you think about where things like that could go. What if, what if you, so I'm always thinking right now, cause I do like the idea of, I've written so many books, but, uh, when I first started writing in the early nineties, I wrote only fiction, but I didn't get anything published at the time. And so I'm going, thinking of going back to writing a novel. In fact, Jay and I were just talking about this before the podcast. It gives me an idea for a novel, like Mr. Experiment, some guy who mm. just does these, uh, like hires weird people for weird things and does these odd experiments. And one yeah. of these things, you know, lands him in trouble somehow. So maybe like the fact that he has a bodyguard, uh, two bodyguards following him makes the police suddenly start following him as well. And all sorts of things happen. Hey, it could be a nonfiction book if you do it. <laughs> yeah, it could be a nonfiction if I actually do it. That's often usually the best nonfiction, by the way. So, um, all right. Well, Jen, thanks so much once again. And it really seems like everything's going so great. Like we're really uh, excited to always see your your updates. And I love that you're taking so many detailed notes on the updates because that in itself is a book to happen. So yeah. <laughs> once you even make $1, there's like a potential book there. So- um, but of course, we're aiming to make you much more. Thanks once again. I hope you're enjoying all of this. Yeah. Oh, I'm having the greatest time of my life. It's just the best. So I appreciate it. And I'm going to bring even more next time we talk. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jen. And thanks, Jay, for awesome. hosting this once again. And I will talk to you guys later. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Yeah, bye. bye.